You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's going on and welcome into a Wednesday, May 31st edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings Heat. Nuggets set to square off in the NBA Finals, so we're going to do a little preview. We got Brian Scalabrini, uh, former NBA champ with the Boston Celtics of NBC Sports Boston. He's going to come on. We're going to do a quick recap of the Celtics season, quick preview of the NBA Finals. And Will Hill, sports better from VSIN. We're going to break down the odds and talk some, some bets that we like in Heat and Nuggets. Let's get things going. All right, as promised, we're bringing Brian Scalabrini into the Unreasonable Odds podcast, a man of many positions and, of course, a 2008 champion with the Boston Celtics, as you see on the banner behind him. Uh, Celtics not playing in this NBA Finals, almost became the first team to complete that comeback, and then kind of an all-time no-show in Game 7. Scal, just give me your thoughts real quick on the series and then overall that dud of a Game 7. Yeah, I think when you go through a season and you're inconsistent or you want to play the game of live by the three, die by the three, I think you can get these situations. Let's face it, game two was a must win, didn't show up in the fourth quarter. Game three was a must win, didn't show up for the entire game. Game seven, obviously a must win, and they, uh, you know, like they just laid an egg. So they had their moments. We, we The thing that kind of it piques everyone's interest about this Celtic team is when they are good, when they're playing good basketball, they're amazing. And, but you got to be consistent. Miami is the epitome of consistent. They might not have the highest of highs, but their, their floor is pretty high and they're, they're as disciplined as consistent as you will see. And it's not just against the Celtics. They were like that against the Bucks. They were like that against the Knicks. And then they finished it off against the Celtics. Me, including, and a lot of other people are counting them out of the NBA Finals. Like, how can they beat Denver? But, man, how can they beat the Bucs? How can they beat the Celtics? They keep on continuing to shock the world. Exactly. You just mentioned the path right there. Miami has taken down a lot of contenders, you know, to get here. And now it's Denver. So I, like you, I, I think that Denver, you mentioned consistency. Denver at least has been consistent so far in the playoffs. They've been playing really well. Mm -hmm. They don't go long stretches without scoring because they can dump it down to Jokic. They know how to beat the zone. It seems like a matchup where this comes to an end for Miami. But I'm just curious what you think the most important keys to this series. You already pretty much showed your hand. You're picking Denver. But, uh, you know, do you think it's going to be a quick series, a long series? What do you think some of the keys are going to be? Yeah, so I think Bam Adebayo is phenomenal at all those dribble handoffs, those pinaways, the back screens, the plays you see with Duncan Robinson or Gabe Vincent, or not necessarily Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler kind of uses it as an isolation. I think if I was Miami and I was Spolster, I'd run a steady diet of action with Bam Adebayo. Hey, he's so athletic, he could do a lot of things. He could. I, I don't think he's as good as Jokic, but he's different than Jokic, but each guy, when they have the ball, each center, when they have the ball, it's really difficult to guard. So I think if I'm Miami, I still got to play with a, a tremendous amount of patience. But I think a lot of the offense running through Bam out of Bayou would be the direction that I would go early on. Just to, what you know, Jokic, I don't think he's an awful defensive player, but I do feel like that is a place that you can exploit them coming off dribble handoffs and, and, and screens with Bam. So 
if I if if there was a such thing as a screen assist stat, I would I would play that stat with the Miami Heat with Bam <laughs> out of Bayou because I just think you're going to see a steady diet of Bam with the basketball, and then on the other end of the floor, you mentioned it like Jokic is too good to be fooled by anything. So yeah. Miami has you know thrown in the junk defenses, the three two, the two three. He do all that stuff. Jokic has an answer for all that. So I'm not necessarily optimistic about Miami defensively against the Denver Nuggets. Last quick one for you. A lot of people saying, is this an easier or harder game for Miami or Denver based on the huge layoff for Denver and Miami coming off the game seven? They're dinged up, long series. You're traveling out way above sea level. I think if there's one spot in the series I'm most confident in, it's Denver winning game one. But I've heard some of the Hmm. other side. Which side of that are you on? You know, I I feel like this generation of players, they really, like, do well with rest. So I'm, I'm kind of yeah. with you on that one. You know, like, I, I I just feel in my experience, rust used to be the big factor. I think we're trending away from that. I think this group of young guys, when they're getting their individual skill workout and they're, like, they're feeling really good about their game, I don't think that these guys are going to feel rusty. So... I like Denver um, in a high-scoring first half in, in game one, but, you know, never underestimate the Miami Heat. I just don't think this thing is going to be a slugfest. All right, we're going to be back a little later in the podcast. We're going to talk some betting odds with Will Hill from VEASAN. Scal, thanks for joining us, man. You got it. All right, thanks to Scal for joining us on Unreasonable Odds. Now we're going to talk a little bit more of a betting stance on the NBA Finals. Heat Nuggets here, obviously an unlikely matchup. Uh, and for the occasion, we're bringing in Will Hill from VSIN. Will, how you doing, man? What's going on? G- glad to join you. You are uh, certainly filling your ginger quota for the month. I- I'm happy to be <laughs> on. And uh, I'm sure somebody listening here, if you just woke up from a coma a few months ago, they say, wait a second, who's playing in the finals of the Nuggets? That makes sense. But they're playing the Heat. What happened? Where have I been? How long have I been asleep? It's certainly been a uh, a wild ride, a Cinderella story here for the Heat, which we don't get a lot of those in the NBA. And it's, uh, it- it's cost me money a few times. But let's go back out of here and see what we can come up with. Yeah, and let's just start there with with this Heat storyline, I guess, because, you know, I'll I'll tip our hand here. Both of us like Denver, and that's something we're going to talk about in the podcast. How many times are we going to get burned by a team like the Heat before coming back and saying, well, the numbers just haven't adjusted? And guess what? The numbers still haven't adjusted. Denver's a monster favorite, as the Celtics were against them, but... We saw, just from a, a number standpoint, the biggest upset was still that first round over Milwaukee. They were like plus 750 or whatever in the series, and they win it in five games. And this team just, they were they were dead last in the NBA regular season in points per game, and they're going to the NBA Finals. I know for a playoff preview, I had Jonathan Von Tobel from VEASAN on the podcast, and we were t- he was telling me how he liked uh, the Bulls with the points in that second play-in game after the Hawks game because the Heat were just so bad against the number at home, couldn't cover a game at home, uh, and they've kind of just come from nowhere to recapture last year's magic when they were a one seed um, and, and control the pace of, of these games. You saw what they did to an inconsistent team like the Celtics. Now Denver's a little bit more consistent maybe not as talented but more consistent Uh, what are you just betting aside like in your mind is it just kind of resetting like all right well Miami is is what it is and Denver's the much better team and you got to clear your head and start fresh 
or at what point do you say? Because I, I imagine any any casual better laying a bunch of juice on Denver in the back of their head, they're saying like, well, is Miami going to do it again? And that's going to be lingering there. So how does that thought process work for you? Yeah, I'll go back to Milwaukee. I do think it should be more than just a little bit of a blurb that, hey, by the way, Giannis, who you know, two months ago, if you asked a lot of people right. who the best player in the league is, they would have said Giannis. By the way, he was hurt for three of those five games, and he came back for four and five. Miami had uh, Milwaukee had big leads, but who knows if he was 100%. He did miss three of those five games. As great as this run's been, I don't know if it helped, if Giannis is healthy, if, if we're talking about a Heat team in the finals here. So I do think that should be more than just like a little blurb. But, oh, by the way, Giannis was hurt. But, hey, caught a nice break with the Knicks. They beat them. Uh, and we saw what they did with Boston, where I think that series, I think Boston was the better team with more talent, but that probably wasn't a justified minus four or five dollar favorite, whatever Boston was. Um, you know, it's interesting because betters uh, just haven't really, and I should say the market really hasn't adjusted to the heat. They don't buy in. They, they just say, hey, I have my numbers on Miami. I'll tweak it. I'll adjust it a little. But you look back, I think game seven is a good example against Boston. Tatum is hurt. Boston's down 11 at the half with Tatum hurt. Miami is still getting eight in the second half. So uh, yeah. at some point here, maybe betters adjust, but you know, you, you just betters, uh, you know, serious betters don't tend to overreact to small sample size. And I think it's still a pretty small sample size where Miami's just shooting the hell out of the ball. I think I saw the stat where 82 game regular season, Miami had three games where they shot 50% or better from three against Boston. They had three games where they shot 50% or better mm -hmm. from three. And with all the three point attempts in the NBA now, it's just, it's almost as simple as the ball goes in or the ball doesn't. And you show me the three point statistics and I'll, I'll probably, you know, have a good chance of showing you who won and who covered. So I think they've shot it well. They obviously have a tremendous player in Butler. They have a tremendous coach in Spolstra. League's probably a little more balanced than it's been in past years, and and here we are, Miami four 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 wins away here from uh, from holding up a trophy. Let me get your take real quick because you brought up how ridiculous the Heat were shooting the ball in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. Caleb Martin, a huge piece of that. I know there was a lot of back and forth about who the Eastern Conference Finals MVP should have been, and if you were somebody with a, a massive ticket, a massive payout on Caleb Martin, I feel you. Five to four was an encouraging vote in my mind. Five in favor of Butler and four in Martin. That means the voters really were close to putting him there. I, if I had a vote, it would have been for Butler because it's for the entirety of the series. Yep. Jimmy Butler went in, gave him that mindset, gave him you know that feeling that they could steal games one and two on the road. He made all the big plays in those games. And, uh, you know, if Miami doesn't get both of those first two road wins, they probably don't win the series. So that's what I look back at. And then you look at the, the numbers on the series as the whole. It still was Butler, more points, rebounds, assists. He didn't shoot as efficiently, but Martin was getting a lot of those looks from Butler. So, like, it, it was going to be Butler from me. Just your take real quick on, on the Eastern Conference Final MVP, because I know in the betting community, that was kind of a, a big deal. My take is really similar to yours, so I'll keep it pretty short. If you took Martin at long prices, 25 to 1, 30 to 1, 40 to 1, you you're frustrated because, if, first of all, it's a 5 to 4 vote. There was a case for Martin, and you felt like it went about as perfectly as it could have gone, and you still lost. So I get that you're frustrated, you're bummed out. But, man, you look at yep. it, and I, I look at it this way. If you sat me down and gave me a three-minute, you know, well thought out dissertation on why Martin was the MVP. You know what? You might be able to talk me into it. If you did the same for Butler, you could certainly talk me into it. 
like you said, Butler played great the first two games. Butler's the vocal point. So it was a jump ball. It was 51-49 somebody. It was a five to four vote. I get if you if you you bet Martin, you're frustrated, but it's not like this was highway robbery. This was a coin flip, and the coin flip tends to go to the superstar, and that's how it went. All right, let's get into some bets for this Denver-Miami series. Uh, one of the things that I talked to uh, Scal about, and he agreed with me, it's Denver's been off forever. Miami's got, I guess, you, even though they're Miami's one in three in their last four games, but it has momentum, let's say, going into the NBA Finals. Is Does this help Miami or does it hurt Miami? I think this this hurts Miami because you you kind of lost some momentum all that energy, all that emotion of losing three in a row and maybe becoming the first team to choke away that three, nothing lead. You get game seven in Boston. They've got to be gassed. Now you hop on a plane, you fly out to one of the hardest places to play the elevation in, in Denver, Denver's uh, 38 and four at home. When Jokic plays this season, I, I think that this is a Denver spot. If you're, if you're asking me one game in the series, I'm most confident in it's Denver to win game one. I think, so uh, I know DraftKings opened minus 205 for Denver to win game one and the series. That's something that's north of minus 300 at other shops. That's one of my favorite ways to play this series. Uh, because if Denver wins that game one, if I like him to win that game, you're getting a good price. And if Denver does win that game, now you're looking at what? Minus 550 on the series, something in that range. Uh your your take on on how to bet game one or if there's any way to incorporate game one into your series betting i think it's a brutal spot for miami for all the reasons you mentioned they're huffing and puffing you know not just the physical energy of that's a 12 round knock knock down drag out fight against boston but remember butler sort of tweaked his ankle at some point in the third quarter of that game it was game was sort of out of reach most of the second half so it wasn't really uh prevalent and he's got a couple days to recover but that's not a great sign and just the mental energy of, hey, we're up 3-0, now we're tied, buzzer beater in game six. Ideally, you'd probably like a little rest, less rest if you're Denver. I don't know what the sweet spot is. Like, you don't want a day off, but you don't want a month off. I, I think, you know, 10 days, nine days, whatever it is, is probably a lot. You'd probably prefer like five or six before the rust starts to set in. But um, I, I think it's better that Denver is rested and doesn't have to travel as opposed to Miami, who is, you know, banged up, tired, huffing and puffing. Now they got to travel, go to a place that's tough to play with tough altitude against a really good team that's been prepping for them, you know, to get in the X's nose of it. Miami played a lot of zone against Boston, which I think was one of Missoula's biggest crimes is not being able to adjust to his own. Well, uh, good yeah. luck. Uh, good luck zoning Denver with Jokic and, and his great skill and his ability to pass the ball. So to me, it's a tough matchup in terms of X's and O's. It's a tough matchup in terms of the rest uh, differential. So I think this is a slam Denver spot. Monday night uh, on game one here Thursday night. And one of the things that Scal said to me that I liked coming from a, a former player, he's like, well, you know, in my day, this would have been a huge rust spot. That's what we would have called it. But now players just do better with rest in the era of load management. They're more accustomed to this. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like that, that old narrative of this being rust. Well, the way players play now and taking the nights off, even though Jokic is kind of a guy that grinds out more games than most. This is probably a spot where you just come out and this is almost normal rest. Guys take guys take time off and respond well to it. So I like that way to look at it. Um, game one, I'll just tell you, like, if you're going to make a play on game one, I, I think I'm going to be a game one first half guy. It was four and a half. I think it's five now um, for a lot of the reasons we've covered. I, I don't think it's a good spot for Miami. And I think Denver will come out ready to go in front of the crowd at home. This isn't, uh, you know, 
I'm kind of shell-shocked from trying to bet some of these Celtic spots at home. I don't know why they can't figure it out at home, but they tighten up in front of their home crowd. Denver doesn't. They, they play really well and build big leads at home. And I mentioned the 38-4 and four number with Jokic. So I think slower start for Miami, good start for Denver. I think first half is probably the way that I'll play it, just because Denver also didn't cover those first two home games against the Lakers. They had big leads, and the Lakers grind, uh, were able to grind back. And the Heat showed in the Celtics series – they're able to grind back in some of these early games on the road. So it's going to be first half for me if I do a game one play as well as that double result. Your thoughts on the first half and any plays for you on game one specifically before we move on to the series and props. Denver, Denver, Denver. I love Denver. You like uh, them every which looking, way. All right. Uh, yeah. And if uh, boy, I don't do a ton of same game parlays, but if you're looking at, I'll just paint the picture for you. Denver minus the eight and a half. Butler under points, Butler under rebounds, Butler under the under assists with the idea of if you remember game five, Boston, Miami, Boston was up big whole second half. And Miami just said, you know what? No Moss. We'll wave the white flag. We'll live to fight another day. Butler, you could sit out the fourth quarter, part of the third. Yep. I could see a scenario where Denver's up 16, up 18, middle of late third quarter. And Spolster says, you know what? We're gassed. Let's live to fight another day. Butler, you could sit out the fourth quarter. We'll just we'll lick our wounds here and get ready for game two, which, hey, if you fall down one nothing, game two is, is almost a must win if you're Miami. So if, if you lay the eight and a half with Denver and same game parlay it with all Butler unders, just with the idea that, hey, this could be a blowout and he could sit. I think that's a good look. I think you get like six to one on that. So to me, this is Denver. This is a smash up uh, smash spot for them. All right. Love it. Um before we go to player props, I guess let's look further down in the series. Um, any series spreads or amount of games in the series, uh, total games in the series, any of those plays that you're looking at? Yeah, minus one and a half for Denver in terms of the games. Opened 135. I still, still think we're at 150. So that basically just means Denver has to win in six or fewer. I'm okay yep. with that. I think the most likely scenario is Denver gets both at home. It feels disrespectful with this Miami team and everything they've accomplished to call a sweep. So I'll just say Denver gets both at home. They get the split in Miami. Then they finish it in fives. If you want to lay one and a half games, if you want to lay two and a half games, I think you get a plus price at that. Uh, Again, if you you pick it, you can pick it so many ways. You can bet it so many ways at DraftKings. Correct series score where, hey, I can get a, a nice plus number. I think it's plus 250. Denver to win in five exactly. But remember, if they sweep, you lose your bet. So maybe you just lay the two and a half games and cover yourself that way. But I think it's Denver, and I think it's a short series, so I'd bet that accordingly. I'm with you. Here we are again with the pesky Heat, who uh, will probably find a way to ruin more <laughs> tickets. Um, player props. It's going to be three one. This- it's going to be three one Miami. We're going to be recording the yeah. podcast in two weeks, saying we know Denver can come back, and Miami's due to go off. I, I know. I know. Yeah, we'll be talking about Denver uh, becoming the first team to come back from the three zero hole. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk player props. I do think this is a good series for player props. I'm with you. I think it could be a Jimmy Butler under series, but more so game one is the one that I'm I'm bullish on as you are. I also think that this could be, well, I, maybe uh, Caleb Martin unders, who is just hotter than the sun. Can he keep shooting like this in a new matchup, a team that's going to be ready for him? He's inflated. I think that was 16 and a half points for, for game one. Um, Butler unders, Martin unders, and then... Jokic, I know Jokic is a guy that you you texted me a play that is is pretty wild. Um, but Jokic props going against Bam Adebayo, like whether it's triple doubles or points, I just think Miami's going to really struggle defending him. I just don't know yet how I'm gonna how I'm gonna back it for Jokic props. Do you just lump it all together and take the points, rebounds, assists, and say he's going to dominate? Because 
I could see this game one being much like what was it? Was it game one against the Lakers when Jokic had like the eight point twelve rebound, four assists first quarter? Like yeah. I could see one of those first quarters in game one for him. Yep, I think there's a fun draft, uh, a pr- uh, fun prop on DraftKings, and they did a good job. It's almost like the Super Bowl; they put out so many different fun little novelty props. There's an eighteen to one. Will Jokic have a triple double in every game of the, the finals? I think that's fun, especially if it's a short series, four or five games. That's one fewer game you have to do it in. I just think this is a tough matchup for Miami in terms of defending Jokic because Bam, I don't think has the strength to deal with them. Jokic has killed Miami. Denver's killed Miami the past three or four years or so. So you're gonna have to pick your poison if you're Miami. You're going to sell out to double them. Well, it's going to leave shooters open. That's going to create assists. If you're going to play them one-on-one, first of all, Adebayo can't play the whole game, so you're going to have to dust off who? Kevin Love or Zeller? How's that going to go? To me, Jokic <laughs> is going to get whatever he wants here. So at 18-1, to yeah. one, that's a fun one to bet. I think there's a chance here he can get a, have you know, a big game, a triple-double every night. He's plus 100 to get a triple-double in game one, so it's basically saying it's a coin flip that he gets a triple-double in game one. So if you only have to win four or five coin flips, 18-1, to one, uh, it's not too bad. Plus, it's a, you know, it's a fun one to bet. Yeah, I think the I think the major issue with it is just when does the blowout come? Right. When does the blowout come where where he doesn't get where in theory, yes, he's going to be priced at a coin flip every game for the triple double. But we know some of these games probably wind up lopsided. But again, like, you know, if it's if it's game one blowout where he doesn't get it and you have that ticket in hand, but you also have the same game parlay that you mentioned laying it with Denver and playing some guys under maybe you've already already profited plenty on on game one where you know that flyer doesn't quite matter as much um anything else from a uh from a prop standpoint before we wrap uh that you like for the nba finals will no i think we covered it like you said martin i think is inflated but man i don't i don't really want to be on the underside of his ticket um i think it's a good murray series i don't know that miami has the length the perimeter players to to bother him you know you're going to put gabe vincent on him that probably won't work too well he doesn't have the length uh, I guess he could put Martin on him. I, you know, Butler, that would take too much out of Butler to put Butler on Murray the whole series and then expect him to score. So right. I think Murray will have a big series. And I just think this is a really good matchup here for Denver. I'm I'm with you. Miami keeps breaking the system. We'll see if they can if they can do it again. But I, I'm with you. I think Denver puts a puts a stop to it. We'll do one one quick one before we go because I know we've been we've been talking you and I about the NBA draft, which is the last NBA betting event when this finals does wrap we have an all-time lock of all locks to be the number one overall pick but then the draft gets a little interesting i know scoot henderson the hype around number two has kind of been there all year i see him and brandon miller as very similar graded prospects in my mind miller obviously had the situation at alabama hanging over him but fit wise with charlotte when you have a lamello ball scoot henderson is not exactly the type of positional prospect you're looking for Whereas Miller fits right in. You have, you had Mark Williams being the pick last year, a center lanky shot blocker, like a wing scorer with some length, six, nine and Brandon Miller. That was the first thing when the lottery came out, I immediately went and bet Brandon Miller on fit to go number two. That's my favorite play in this draft. I've given out a couple other over unders, uh, Cam Whitmore, Hendrick, some guys I like to go higher in the draft, any draft thoughts uh, to get in on early before people start looking at it after the finals. I agree. I think Scoot at two is just a shaky fit with Lamelo. Uh, Miller's got the length. He's what everybody's looking for—a six-nine guy that could shoot, could handle the ball. Uh, I could see a scenario where Scoot falls to three. I, probably he's not going to fall past three, but hey, it, you know, if you, you could find a long odds on him to go fourth, uh, you know, he's not going to get past fourth. I wouldn't think, but uh, I do think Miller's the, the pick here at two. 
And the thing is, we don't we don't know what's going to happen with three. Right now, it's right. Portland, not much of a exactly. fit next to Lillard. But are they looking for a vet to build next to Lillard? Are they going to ship Lillard and go young and use the pick? We don't know. So three is kind of a, a curveball at the moment. Uh, Will, thanks for joining, man. Let the people know where they can find your stuff. Yep, I'm on VEASAN three or four times a week. Gold Boys Discord, so check it out, man. Uh, huge fan of your work and the show. So uh, I'd love to be on again sometime and appreciate you having me on. And hopefully next time we talk, it's about the, the time we were finally right fading the heat because, man, they've been <laughs> in my pocket all postseason. But uh, hopefully we get this one. Appreciate you having me on. All right, let's hope so. Uh, for Unreasonable Odds, that's our NBA Finals preview presented by DraftKings, and we will be back later this summer. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.